2: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable.
1: I'm going to throw it. Slam.
0: This bugs for you. zoo. They are carving up this LSU defense. You don't get no better than that, man. He's lagged up to short middle of with the catch, and he's going to jet his way into the end zone. Missouri touchdown. Handoff to Roger, running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left side on around man.
1: This is the Mazad Cast. Howdy Tiger fans, welcome to the Mazadcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me as always is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, Dum Dumps? And head Yell leader at Texas A and M University, Caleb Bungart.
2: The Bear is back.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no twinks needed this week.
1: That's right. Bear Caleb has returned. I think he felt threatened by uh by Twink Caleb peeing and his property.
0: Yeah, just a- just a little bit. I had to come stomp him out. I actually love Twin Caleb. If I was, yeah, you guys advised. are HVAC bros. Yeah, we are. You know, we share uh, we share father in laws that run HVAC companies, so we have a kindred spirit bond.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, civilians can't understand it.
0: <laughs> they don't really. They don't really know <laughs> yeah, it's what, what we're a part of. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's <laughs> a special small group of people, and it's it's quite wonderful.
1: <laughs> well, welcome back, Caleb Bear, Caleb. We're here today, I guess, because Missouri actually recorded a win over Abilene Christian 34-17.
0: Well, it was a win.
1: Yeah, I mean, we went into this game knowing like, okay, so what are we going to learn from this? Hopefully nothing, right? Hopefully we just blow them out and we don't really know anything about them. But we didn't quite blow them out. We struggled way more than I think we should have. Now, a lot of teams struggled over the weekend that you wouldn't have thought would have struggled. And we ultimately got the win. But I don't think 31-17 was what I was quite hoping for.
2: I think we're going to struggle just – I mean, the first game, it's like, is this offensive line bad? In the second game, you're like, I think this offensive line might be bad. And by this game, you're like, holy shit, we've got a really bad offensive line. And yeah, that is what – that's the reason I'm probably more pessimistic than I've been just because, you know, I think our wide receivers are fine. I think our running backs are fine. I think our – quarterback is bad and our offensive line is bad and then it's hard to win a football games with those two very big components not working even with a good offensive line Brady Cook's gonna be limited and then you put him behind this line and and give him no running game because of it like oh boy you know Abilene Christian was a handful for our offensive lines I mean does anybody feel like that's a bad sign because I kind of (laughs) do
1: Cook is mediocre, but I think under a normal line, well, we saw what he could do last year when the line was better uh, in the final games of the season.
2: Yeah, true enough.
1: like did come out. He was actually serviceable. He can, like Colin, you said, it, the, the long bomb is, a 50, 50, is below 50-50 shot for him. It's a total guess, but he is kind of akin to Alex Smith. I think you've suggested that before. Nobody has any time to do anything, and I think the big frustration about this line is that we actually do have a lot of Talent at the skill position, we've just—it's just—they're all completely neutered because of line. Yeah,
0: it's not a good line. They are not going to protect him, and he's not talented enough to do anything really. Uh, quarterback's not good. First week when I was here, we talked about how he's serviceable. He may not be serviceable.
1: The, the question is, is, Sam Horn. You know, freshman kid who everybody has a lot of hope for but you didn't want to play him early because he is just a freshman uh, you wanted him to get a little more seasoning and become more familiar with the playbook, blah, blah, blah. But at this point, what are you saving him for? Because if he doesn't perform well, you know, I, we're standing pat, we're already not performing well.
2: I think Drinkowitz has made a decision that he is not going to put Sam Horn in, you know, and I'm not saying that it won't happen, but I think it's pretty obvious at this point, Drinkwitz did not want to have to play in this season, or at least early on, and he's just trying to like, I just, I don't know what it is, but he, it's pretty obvious he doesn't want to put him in there yet.
0: It's like saving your timeouts and then never using them.
1: Exactly. Uh, is it for Horn's sake? Is it like if he plays too early, he could get hurt whenever you want to season him up? Because... I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me either because I feel like if he's as good as we hope that he might be, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna have him for four years. Even if you do burn his red shirt, or is it for the universe, you know the team's sake? Do you think we're actually going to be worse with him under center? Because I don't know how we can be much worse, especially you know going back to the line play. Maybe Drinkwater just simply doesn't want to throw him to the wolves and knows we have a terrible offensive line. and doesn't want to hurt the kid. and doesn't really care about Cook. I guess I don't know.
2: Yeah, it, I don't feel like it can be performance based because Cook and Abraham and his one little stint did not play well enough for them to him to go. Man, Horn is going to be appreciably worse than this. Yeah. I find that hard to believe because uh, the, the quarterback play has not been good, and so I just think he's sort of dug his heels in. I don't want to play this kid. It's too early, ready or not. I've got a plan. I'm going to stick to that plan. You know, coaches love that kind of crap. I just feel like it's going to take a wrecking ball to knock him off the track of his plan. He's got this plan for Horn. He wants to be on it until something huge, you know, the, unless the season just totally tanks or something. I can't, I just think he's going to try to avoid it at all cost, putting the kid in.
1: I think sometimes we get in these situations with coaches and we get so frustrated that they're just don't seem to be doing what is the most obviously beneficial thing for the team. We've seen it in basketball and in football and I wonder if their mindset is just like he, they're looking for a story where they can say that everybody tried to tell me I was wrong, but I stuck to my guns and by God, it, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're so arrogant that they think, you know, they're writing this script in their head that every time, even if the whole world is against them, it just plays into their narrative that they, they've got this secret sauce and w- eventually it's going to win out. But, like, it never does. It just suck. you know? Just change what you're doing. The best coaches change what you're doing.
0: Yeah, you've got to be able to negotiate through that and pick out the best player in the best situation to do
2: it. Sometimes I wonder if that's what really makes the good coaches the really good coaches, you know, that ability to adapt, that ability to self-evaluate and say, I've got to change this right now. Not like I've I've got a plan or I never – I just – I feel like maybe that's what is the really – good coaches are able to do that maybe we take for granted is not that easy to do because I think there's a lot more coaches who kind of have a game plan. They were coached by, you know, they, they came up through somebody's coaching tree that coach showed them how to do the job. And while they know how to, to do the job, they never know how to do it and put their own spin on it. They never know how to do it and, and making those evaluations of oneself and the team and those decisions uh, under pressure that in and of itself is a talent and so there's a lot of coaches that have the ability to coach but a very small few have the talent uh, and self-awareness to make these sorts of on-the-fly decisions about personnel about play calling about defense whatever the circumstances say I need to change And I think maybe, maybe that's what makes Nick Saban special or, or Kirby smart is that they're just they're not rigidly adherent to some preordained plan that they've made their ability to to be sort of a chameleon is what makes them the best out there along with recruiting obviously
0: well nick Saban wants to jerk down the starting quarterback in a national championship game
2: (laughs) this is what i'm saying
0: that's That's an excellent point caleb
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's spot on
0: so he's not scared to do that i don't know why he needs to do it you got a talented kid on scholarship you're, uh, I know he's got a red shirt you can put him under, but if he's if he's the best player at this position, just play him. I mean, come on.
1: Well, and we, we're looking at an Auburn team who does not look very good, but we have to go there. And I mean, I don't have any confidence going into any SEC game, and I'm including Vanderbilt at this point based on what we've seen so far. And it's kind of. Heartbreaking because Auburn looks like such a beatable team this year that if we were just kind of what we'd hoped we'd be, which is sort of five hundred, seven and six, six and seven kind of football team, I think we could beat Auburn this year. But we're not that good. You know, we're a four and eight team and we're gonna lose to there, Auburn.
2: There's some definitely play-calling things in this game that were aggravating, but they did seem to I don't know, attack down the field a little more, which was nice, but still did, did they have a tight end on Saturday? Was there a tight end on the field? I don't know. I don't know. Did, was, did anyone see a tight end?
1: Drink does not and use I just,
2: them. No, God. I mean, and you'd think with a quarterback as, as sort of limited as Brady Cook, you would want a big target squat in the middle of the field to throw to.
1: Especially since Missouri's um, kind of been known for tight ends.
2: Yeah. For- I mean, those days are kind of in the past. I mean, for several years now, I mean – Albert O was the last one that was legit. We need one, though. I don't. Drinkowitz, since he's been here, has not been a tight ends friendly kind of coach, but they did, like I said, they did push the ball down the field a little bit more. And that's. But just because they I could, that.
1: I mean, we can't do it against well, K State or Auburn.
2: Is, you know, are we going to see that against a team like Auburn or Georgia, or is that going to be strictly this sort of um, horizontal passing game that Drink loves so much? I think. I want. Find someone, find someone out there, guys, listeners, find someone out there who loves you as much as Drankowitz loves throwing horizontally. If you can find that, if you can find that, that's special. You hold that in your hand and you, you appreciate that because that's a, that's a special kind of love. It's a bond. (laughs) Um, It's not something to take for granted.
1: It uh, transcends rational thought.
2: (laughs) Yes, it does. Yes, Mm
1: -hmm. it does. This kind of play, it makes me wonder because Drinkwitz is – I mean, there's been a real turn, I think, in the fan base's feelings about Drinkwitz from the point of the Kansas State game. And I feel like it's a – I don't know in Odom's tenure if there was a game that sort of turned the tide against him as clearly and overnight as this Kansas State game. Kentucky. Yeah.
2: That that game – where he fucking shit down both legs, hot dog water style, hot dog water against Kentucky. That was, I mean, I know for me, that was like, okay, this guy's just an idiot. You know what I mean? Like he just cannot do it. Yeah. But I, 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 don't know if if Kansas state was drink, which is Kentucky, but certainly if, if a year from now, they're talking about coaching searches, we'll probably say, yeah, this was that game where we're like, okay, it wasn't Tennessee, but Kansas state was the, the straw that broke the canvas back.
1: Do you think it's just because it was just one more year of it? I mean, Tennessee was bad enough, but I don't think it turned the fan base against him. You know, it was just—I I know that I was disappointed by it and upset, but I was like, okay, well, you know, we stubbed our toe. Well, let's figure it out. And I didn't feel that way this time against Kansas State. I was like, uh-oh, uh, we're we'll be lucky to get four wins. We looked terrible.
2: Well, I think what it was is it's it's year two, especially at Missouri. You, you expect a couple clubbing's while you develop your your program. You know. And so you say, God, that Tennessee outcome is a disaster and it's ugly and I hated it. But it's just only a second year. You're going to get clubbed once in a while as long as we improve, so on and so forth. But you get to year three and it's Kansas State and you get absolutely boat raced. It's not year two anymore. And we already let you have that Tennessee game. We gave that one to you. You know, that was a gift. You don't get to do that twice. And that's, I mean, I, I see that sentiment from the Press Box Super Friends, too, in that.
1: Meanwhile, back with the Press Box Super Friends.
2: They've been down on this outcome with Kansas State as anybody. I agree. And that was sort of, the, that's sort of the, their argument. is like, you don't, you can't keep doing this. This is not acceptable in year three. That's what's really got the fan base, I think, turned on a heel.
0: His offensive line after year three, two, or after this, you know, his guy is blocking. You can't blame it on anybody. Else. You've got to get kids to block for the running backs and quarterback. And so that's on you. It, it's either coaching or talent. It has to be fixed, one of the two, after two years and going into the third year. So you've got to fix your players. You've got to make your O-line better. Do something about it. If you don't have an O-line... He- you're never going to win games. That's just
2: football. He said in the press conference afterwards, which I guess is, a, I feel kind of mixed emotions, but he said, you know, we got to find the five best guys. So I'm like, good. That means he's evaluating it. And, you know, he's not afraid to change things around and try to find something that's going to work. It also is like, begs the question, how are we in the game three? And you don't know who your five best offensive linemen are. And again, it calls into question those sort of personnel misgivings. Um, well.
1: And, and I'll give a guy, I mean, there's always players that emerge that you didn't expect or whatever, but one, you have to identify them enough to put them on the field to find that out. And two, if we're talking about all five linemen are under are suspect, you know, then it's not just yeah. one rogue who, who steps up or one rogue who you thought was going to be good, but doesn't quite live up to it this season. This is an entire unit. That's bad.
2: The holding calls. You know what I mean? Like e- I felt like every time we had a positive play on the ground, it was a holding call. And one of those was Barrett Bannisters. But um, there was a lot of holds. The offensive line played poorly. You know, bright spots, we should probably mention. Luther Burton got some targets. Mm-hmm. You know, had a punt return for a touchdown. Anyway, who could have known that was going to happen? <laughs> I feel like the fan base has been screaming that at Drinkowitz since we got Luther. I mean, the first time they put Abrams Drain back there in game one, I know I thought, why isn't Burden doing this? And I know via Twitter that there were several people going, what? Where's Burden? I thought this was kind of his jam.
1: Well, after our fair catch fest last week, too, it's like, come on. <laughs> they was afraid to even return the ball last week. So, yeah, it's time to make a change.
2: But that's what I mean. Like, I feel like this is, almost was forced on him by how badly Abrams trained it. And they're like, yeah. dude, just give the people what they want. Drinks like, I don't want to give them what they want. I want to do stuff that's going to make them mad. I feel like that's what he's thinking. I know that's not true, but that's what it feels like sometimes. I'm like, God, why don't you just give us burden? We want burden. Yeah. Please give us burden.
1: It just reminds me of the Barry Odom era. You know, it's just, he's mimicking it to a T. Just Except, honestly, I wonder if it's in a worse direction. I mean, Barry Odom had his four and eight year also. But that was his first season, 2016, just doing it in their third year thing. I mean, this is why, like you said, the media is not as, well, you look at a place like Rock M Nation, which, you know, gave Konzo endless fucking, you know, rope. To, uh,
2: yeah, they built new. St- I think they built new stats from scratch.
1: Yeah, they created just to
2: justify his existence.
1: They created a new type of numeral to <laughs> yeah. justify Konzo's existence, and yeah. they're being as hard as anybody on Drinkwits right now because it's just so self evident that this is not getting better, and we've got a ugly season ahead.
2: I'm still on the. Uh, he's recruiting. He's gets next year because honestly, I want to. I'm curious. I still haven't completely set sail on Drankwitz. You know, if he gets all his guys in there and maybe one more year, but I'm telling you what, man, if this is, if we win four games this season, next year is make or break. I mean, okay, buddy, you got bird in your second year horn. You're, you know, all these, all these guys with all their stars. Here's your last chance. And I've, based on the fact that Around or Whatever what was her name? Oh. Desiree Francois.
1: Yeah, that's it. Nailed it.
2: She didn't hire him. I don't think she's afraid to uh, fire him. And so I, I think like next year, that's maybe it turns this season around, but next year will be it. So for all the people that say, you can't get rid of somebody every four years, three years, whatever. I'm like, I don't think you have to worry about it. I think
1: she's going to jettison him.
0: They can get rid of somebody in three or four years. We've done it.
1: And, and it's the new order of college football. I'm just afraid, you know. And the fact of the matter is, people are like, oh, you know, Gary Pinkle didn't do his so great in his third or fourth year. It took him a while. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. But also, Gary Pinkle never made $4 million fucking million a year. And, and, and Drinkwitz is like one of the worst paid coaches in the SEC. We're paying these guys outrageous sums of money. Part of the deal is they get a short rope, you know. That's the deal. Yeah.
2: And you know what the other deal is? That was fucking. 20-plus years ago when he got hired. I mean, we're talking – Gary Pinkel of the 90s. Insert Saved by the Bell drop here. It's
1: all right, I'm saved by the bell.
2: At some point, what's happening today and what happened 20 fucking years ago are not apples to apples anymore. You know, the, the game has changed. You don't get that long to build a program, and truthfully, given the transfer portal and the money and the resources these programs get, it shouldn't take four years to build a program. They should turn it around faster than that.
1: Well, and he's selling a program that's on the up and up, you know. So it's uh, it's on him too, from a marketing standpoint. You know, we went into this season with a little optimism. I mean, not we weren't crazy. We were saying if we went, you know, eight and four or seven and five, that would be a good year. We weren't asking for a national championship. I but,
2: predicted seven and five, I think, and now I feel like a fool,
1: yeah, me too, anyway, we were we weren't calling for the moon, we just wanted to go in the right direction, and we're going backwards, and that is frustrating.
2: you just want to play competitive football because you know you're not going to win them all again, we said it against Kansas State, if that had been thirty to twenty seven nobody had said fucking shit, right you know people have been disappointed with a loss, but it was like, hey, we went to on the road to a decent opponent, and we got beat, but You know, it's the boat racing and then it's the coming back against Abilene Christian and just not looking all that impressive. You want to see him play a team like that and just dominate them. And then there was nothing dominant about that performance.
1: Well, in game one, the Tigers didn't look great in the first half. It was very frustrating to watch. So they they have certainly, you know, in two cupcake games, they have not looked that great. And in one power five game, they've looked terrible. I think we've beaten that dead horse, but uh, we've got a lot of football ahead. So why don't we take our first break? We'll go around the horn with the SEC and hear what some of you all had to say about the Tigers' performance on Saturday. This is the Mazzotcast. Hey guys, Mazzodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazzodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. are back and it's time to fire up the old mazod cast mailbag
0: here's the mail it never fails it makes me want to wag my tail when it comes i want to will
1: you oh, know phil missed you kill oh
0: yeah phil's a big fan i love him
3: We're 30 minutes from kickoff here in great columbia missouri uh, and i'm already seeing tweets that Everyone except Sam Horn is getting pregame warm-up snaps. It may mean nothing. It may mean everything. We don't know. So I'll tell you what, if Sam Horn doesn't see some action today, I'm going to be pissed. Well, shit on a shingle. You're telling me the five-star wide receiver and punt returner feels really good doing that in high school. First time he does it, takes one back to the house, untouched. Lord have mercy. M-I-Z.
1: Yeah, he looked like he was uh, running at a different speed than everybody else.
3: Looser burden.
1: Good gravy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was, but it made me feel strange. Uh, it sounded like Twink Caleb to me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly what it sounds like. This offensive line is bad. We're
3: making these Christian boys look good. Ooh, M I Z. Yo, this is the uh, worst offensive line I've ever watched in a football game. Just stop trying to run the ball it's never gonna work if you can't run against Evelyn Christian
1: you can't run it against anyone
3: Hot garbage ah, God, 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 God. God.
1: Barry Odom's uh 2016 team had a pretty lousy offensive line but we're only three games in so this one's this this line has a lot of room to embarrass us
2: I was disappointed that my Cox wasn't out that much
1: no I don't know that we're gonna see my Cox this year very much a lot he of, a kind of
2: a honestly look good doing it and then they just I don't know he just can't shake that he's a walk on like I just don't feel like why they don't give that guy some reps. Every he seems to move the pile every time he gets an opportunity. Like he drugged like thirteen guys down the field for a pretty. I don't know. It's it's sort of frustrating that my Cox isn't involved.
1: My Cox is going to have to find a way to get out on the field. We're going to have to figure out a way to pull my Cox out there on the field.
3: What's up, you fucking idiot? There he is. So uh, I'm not watching the game this week. I couldn't fucking stomach it. Plus, I don't even have the fucking channel. So fuck it. So, uh, this for last week, Brendan, can you go back into the archives and pull out the uh, Josh Henson, the football is brown drop? Because Mr. fucking Drinkwitz has the football is brown associated with him until he proves me otherwise. Yeah, go fuck yourselves, and um, I hope you have a shitty fucking day. Kidding, I love you. Bye. <laughs>
1: There you go. There's Phil.
3: Phil's always on point.
1: Does have Josh Henson-like qualities this year in offense.
3: Just took a fat, steaming shit, and it resembles what Mizzou looked like today on offense. Just a little bit. Uh, smells like it, too. 17-point <laughs> win versus a fucking FCS team, dude. Really? I mean, did, did we see anything today where we're like, holy shit, dude, last week was such a fucking fluke, man. Wow, I'm really surprised. Drinkwitz really got his team fucking fired up today, dude. They're really fucking hyped up. Yeah, fucking no. Hobo come, hobo come. Hot garbage, hot, hot garbage. 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 Auburn's gonna yep. smack the shit out of us next week. And fuck you, Drinkwitz, you fucking nerd. Fuck. Now I know why everyone says you look like that fucker from The Hangover because you do, and you can't <laughs> fucking coach for shit. Hobo come.
2: <laughs> In
1: Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Yeah, see, the, the fan base hey, by the way, train. guys,
2: I don't, I don't know if you uh, saw the news, but Kansas State lost
1: yeah, to, to Tulane. Uh, salt in that wound.
2: Yeah, I was kind of, there was some part of me that thought, at the end of the year, if they're talking about Kansas State, like, are they going to get the last bid for the college playoff? You know what I mean? Like, it'd be one of those seasons, of like, man, that'd look a lot better, and we'd be like, oh, well, maybe it wasn't so bad. Cause you know they turned out to be a fucking buzzsaw, but no, they immediately went and got lost to Tulane.
1: Yeah, immediately. So, one of the the Pollyanna sect of the fan base was saying like, "Oh, you th- that doesn't say anything. There's, that's a you can't make that comparison." I'm like, "What are you talking about? We're three games in. That's one of the only data points we have to go by is the fact that the team we just got housed by lost to an, an inferior opponent. Like, if you can't see why that's important, then..." You shouldn't. I don't yeah. know. You're a fool. You're a fucking fool.
0: I believe they use that in NCAA basketball and quality wins and quality losses. Yeah,
1: that's right.
3: I'm oh, I'm pretty happy. 3417 against a Big Twelve opponent. That's a uh, that's a pretty respectable. Uh, what I'm what I'm being told that wasn't actually the Kansas State game. What was the who would we play? Ah, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Man, I just don't get it. I fucking don't get it. How can you go into a game after taking an ass stomping from Kansas state last week and come in like that? Mild as fuck. You should have whatever to tear these motherfuckers heads off. And now nah, you just go in there and he, That was exciting. as watching a couple of dudes sit around and pull their sweaty, sticky ball bags off their inner thighs. Fuck me, man. Just you win, but you don't give it to me. Just, you make me feel bad about it. I, fuck me. M-I-Z.
0: He's never seen our buddy's ball sacks.
2: Yeah.
3: It's currently late as fuck. Uh, the Mizzou game has been over, but Missouri State is currently up on fat fuck Sam Pittman, 17 to nothing.
1: Get into that.
3: And I'm getting reports that Moon Choi is currently on the phone with Bobby Petrino in the locker room. Uh, he's about to sign a deal to become the next head coach. Drink with his, about to get fired. So I'm riding the fucking Petrino train, baby. The new fucking coach of the Missouri Tigers. Let's fucking go. Let's go win a goddamn national championship, Petrino. Fuck yeah. You can fucking was- ride all the goddamn motorcycles you want in Columbia, dude. Go fuck as many goddamn chicks as you fucking want to, baby.
1: Petrino! Woo! Can you believe that was our end of the night call? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I agree with him, though. Petrino is just like, he's one of those guys. He got it, whatever it is.
0: You can make Missouri State a respectable team. You can win. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. This is Missouri State. I mean, Missouri State is enjoying a much better season than us,
1: as is the University of Kansas. Oof. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's ugly. All right, this has been the Mailbag. Why don't we go around the horn and see what some of the other SEC teams have done? Because uh, it's got to be more interesting than uh, what Mizzou's doing these days. We we
3: break our bread at Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little
0: bourbon and repeat right after me. Built a church
3: for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves
1: football. All right, Colin, would you mind firing up the old Paul Feinbach? Here I go. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. All right, Caleb. Who are we watching this Saturday football weekend?
0: First game on the lineup is Kentucky versus, I'm going to look it up. Or we're going to call it Youngstown State University, YSU. I'm making a guess.
1: You got it. Nailed it.
0: Good. I don't feel like pushing the button. Um, so uh, Kentucky played Youngstown State and uh, beat them 31 to Dick.
1: See, that's the kind of score that I would have liked to seen for our Tigers, but uh, nope. Dictum dicked diktum, dicked yeah, dictum.
0: And then uh, the number one Georgia Bulldogs took on South Carolina and beat them forty eight to seven.
1: <laughs> Didn't look good for South Carolina, but I've got a feeling that they're not the only team Georgia's going to do that to. Especially, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about our Tigers.
0: You know, Georgia loses eight guys just off their defense to the NFL draft is that I think that's correct and then they're still the number one team in the nation just rolling people it would be amazing like that
1: well it just goes to show you that the level of differences between a program like Missouri and a level like Georgia where we need, if we can have one layer of depth of the talent level that they're working with, and George has got it stacked up like three deep, but several positions, you know, so that losing guys doesn't hurt them year to year. Where we are like, well, I guess we're in for a five year stretch until we can find a magic combination of three star talent again.
0: It's crazy. Lane Kiffin and the uh, Old Miss Rebels, or whatever. I mean, I'm going to call them Rebels still. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Like Georgia Tech, smart kids made them 42 not very
2: woke then. of you, Caleb.
0: Yeah, well, they were rebels. They, they were looking Mississippi Is yeah. a tract.
2: It wasn't like it was a bad description.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's who they were. So uh, Ole Miss, <laughs>
2: 42 to Dick on uh, Georgia.
1: Dicked a ACC opponent, 42 to nothing. That's an impressive win. And it also looks like Georgia Tech is fucking terrible.
0: Yeah, well, I'd like to play them. Yeah, no doubt. Then we move on to a game Brendan had interest in, which was Penn State University playing Auburn. Mm-hmm. And uh, Penn State uh, won that game 41-12. to
1: Yeah, Auburn looks terrible, and I'm still terrified of them.
0: Yeah, they uh, they uh, did not look good at all, and they will probably beat us by 15.
1: <laughs> I, I agree.
0: And then a uh, team that we always feel like we're going to beat, uh, Vanderbilt. Played uh, Northern Illinois University, which Mm. I believe that's the home of like Tony Romo, isn't it? Something like that. Anyway, Mm. uh, Vanderbilt won 38 to 28 and are three and one on the season.
1: Yeah, suddenly the Vanderbilt game looks scarier and scarier. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would um, love for us to score 38 points. You know what I mean? Like, that would make me feel a little better. I mean, God, we just looked anemic. Against a team like Abilene Christian, you you feel like you should just roll it up on them.
0: It did not happen. And these other teams are, are playing much better against the same opponents. But anyway, well, Alabama, Paul's favorite team in the country. You're right about that. Played uh, ULM, Louisiana, Monroe. Right. I thought you were going to give us your best guess at what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that one.
1: Yeah. I he it. even knows that it's Monroe, not Monroe.
0: Yeah, Monroe. And uh, they won 63-7. to seven.
1: <laughs> Alabama, they, Alabama.
0: They covered a 49-and-a-half point spread. That's pretty good.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Nick Saban. Good teams win, great teams cover. Yeah.
1: Yeah. God, in the NFL, a touchdown spread's a big one, you know? <laughs> 49 points.
0: 49-and-a-half. 49 yeah. So, then uh, LSU got their shit back together this week against huh. Mississippi State and uh beat them 31 3116 yeah early SEC game
1: yeah and i think it was two you know middling to bottom feeder SEC west teams this year and this is the kind these are the kind of games to tell you which one's going to be which and it looks like uh, Mississippi State is in for a longer season than LSU i guess
0: yeah is gonna win every game and still be mad they lost that one but <laughs> earlier but that's the way it goes when you're good Then Tennessee playing, uh, I'm going to guess it as Akron. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Playing Akron. Beat them 63 to 6. That's the way you should beat a team like that.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How much better would we feel right now if Abilene Christian had been beaten 63 to 6? Yeah. I'd be pumped about it.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, Heipel seems to have the train on the tracks there in Tennessee.
0: That'll boy, Josh. That'll boy. And then we talked about it earlier. Arkansas played uh, Missouri State, and Missouri State led this game for a long, long, long they time. Did, yeah, yeah. The quarterback had, was a
2: handful for Arkansas.
0: Yeah, they had uh, Arkansas's coach sweating, man.
1: Yeah. So, well, to be fair, everything has him sweating.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 30, 40, 40, closer than that. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah constant neat sweats
1: yeah he know? does he does. Yeah. He, um yeah they were down 17 to nothing early and it was it stayed that way for a while or, yeah 17 to nothing and then uh, arkansas just started pouring on the points in the second half i think 21 fourth quarter points for arkansas was just enough to cover it but uh it it did look like it could it was upset alert time for a long time
0: their coach reminds me of the rival coach on happy gilmore uh, not Happy Gilmore. Sorry. Uh, the fucking water. water blood. Yeah, That's Jerry Country music singer. I think so it is, so That's who he reminds me of the that guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's they sure love him over there, and they it's injected a renewed sense of being a fucking prick into the Arkansas faithful. But I yeah. would have loved to have seen Petrino take him off his perch.
2: It would have been well, great. Patrino Petrino owes him one because they yeah. you Arkansas fired him for you know. Wrecking a motorcycle while he's balling a volleyball player or something, right? <laughs>
1: That's right. Yeah, their stupid supposed moral code got rid of a great coach.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say. So he kind of owed him one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like They were way out of line.
1: Yeah, he's an upstanding guy. Everybody
2: loves him. I was uh, I was talking to Brennan briefly during this game, and I was like, oh, man, Arkansas is going to get beat. It's going to be so sweet. And we're like, "Uh, oh, it won't happen. I'm like, oh.
0: Yeah, at one point during that evening, Bobby Petrino was beating Arkansas, and Hugh Freeze was up on somebody too Yeah, like, Liberty. Yeah, you know, so I mean, it was kind of great at what was going on. So
1: Hugh Freeze but is another one of those guys who just seems to be able to coach.
0: He's got what it takes, and he's a friend of ours. It's
1: yeah,
2: true. Yeah,
0: he slides in the
2: DMs as much as friend anybody.
0: Friend of the show. Well, yeah. <laughs> friend of the show, Hugh Freeze. <laughs> yeah. Moving on, Florida uh, played University of South Florida, mm. and only beat them by three points, thirty-one to twenty-eight.
1: Yeah, it was very close. Yeah, and they keep climbing the rankings, even though they don't look impressive at all.
0: They're the eighteenth ranked team in the country and look like dog shit the first two weeks. Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't get it. Boy, it would be nice to carry that, uh, you know, brand. I guess that Florida must have with uh, with eight, you know. With the voters of these kinds of polls, because, you know, Missouri, is they don't have any gravitas just walking in. But if you're in Tennessee or Florida, you get, I don't know, the thumb on the scale for you, even if you suck.
0: People vote for them, just the babe. And then uh, I think the final game of this week is uh, Texas A&M played Miami, yeah. which I I did get to watch that late Saturday night. And it was a dog shit game. Yeah. But. Texas A and M did win seventeen to nine, but that may have been the most boring football game I've ever fucking watched.
1: They did. I mean, Texas is not. They're not. They're going to lose again. You know, this was not a great Texas A and M team or performance against Miami. Miami looked a lot worse than I would have expected them to coming into the country or coming into the game with like being I mean, thirteen in the country. Just shows you how off these early top twenty-five rankings are. Uh, Miami didn't look very good at all because Texas A&M no, they, didn't look very good at all.
0: They played more like Miami of Ohio. So that that's the roundup on the scores from this week in the SEC.
1: All right. What about next week? Who's everybody got?
0: Next Saturday, the twenty fourth, we have at eleven o'clock in the morning. University of Georgia playing Kent State. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're we gonna buzz through that. I mean, what Georgia's yeah. done so far. I'm sorry. There's gonna be another Kent State massacre. I'm afraid.
0: Forty-four point favorite Georgia is going to uh, commit another atrocity against Kent State. Okay. <laughs> so, sorry for you guys. Mm-hmm. On eleven o'clock game, Mississippi State thirty point favorite over Bowling Green State University. Is my guess. <laughs> it's know.
1: true. He's got it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bgsu so we got mississippi state on that one i think they i think they're the winner i think paul would say they're the winner in that game yeah you're uh, right about that Yeah, agrees okay but later in the day we've got uh, tennessee and florida which just wants a great rivalry
1: now uh it's the most easy foregone conclusion in the world tennessee's gonna rob florida
0: yeah 10 point favorite on that one it's a uh, I'd hate to bet on Tennessee, but, God, the way it looks, they should roll them.
1: Florida.
2: Well, we just got yeah. done the same. Florida's what? In the top 25. We're talking about them getting rolled.
1: Yeah. I, I know. It's it's bizarre, but I do think I agree with you. said 10 was the line, Caleb?
0: 10 points, Tennessee. Yeah. yeah
1: I could easily see Tennessee win by more than that. Yeah, I and might that, bet
0: that. Yeah, it may be a good one there, the way it's looking, trending on that one. I think the game is in Tennessee also, so you got to go in and nail it with you know, 80,000 orange people. Then later in the afternoon, we have University of Mississippi playing Tulsa.
1: Yeah, um, God, Ole Miss has had the softest landing into the season. I mean, everybody else has faced some sort of Power Five. I guess they did face Georgia Tech, you know, which is an ACC Power Five team. But I just feel like Ole Miss is—they've looked good, mind you—but they haven't played anybody tough yet.
0: It's ten fly soft Charmin schedule. Yeah, I think Ole Miss runs that game. Yes, sir. And then we've got University of Kentucky gonna play Northern Illinois University
2: Huskies this week. Kentucky at the number eighteen in the country.
1: Well you dick somebody that happens.
2: Uh I don't see Stoops I know that Kentucky has paid him, but after in this next hiring cycle, I would be shocked if an Auburn didn't come knocking you know what i mean somebody's gonna scoop him up from kentucky and maybe he'll gary Pinkel and be like no i'm good i mean think about like a place like nebraska now you couldn't i, I think a coach would be honestly foolish to take the nebraska job i just think that's a too hard a place to recruit and it just their days of relevancy are over and have been for several years now but i just mean that some blue chip program is going to be like fucking stoops just keeps winning at kentucky how long can we can pretend he's not better than who we just hired
0: yeah, yeah, you're on that one. And speaking of that, Nebraska, I've said it for years, that's a dead-end fucking road. No one wants to coach there. No one wants to play there anymore. It, and I'm a guy that lives in central Missouri saying that. I don't know why you want that job.
1: Yeah, there are certain, I mean, things change. and I mean, it's amazing how things have changed in Nebraska. I mean, ever since they went to the Big Ten, they've been an utter failure. I mean, Missouri's had a long run of, of, of mediocre football, but one, I don't think expectations were ever as high as they were in Nebraska. And two, we've had we've been to a couple championship games. You know, Nebraska could only dream of that.
0: And then we get into the evening schedule of SEC games, where Arkansas is going to play Texas A and M.
1: Oh, oh, I think Arkansas is going to boat race A and M.
0: Texas A and M is a two and a half point favorite, ranked twenty three in the country over number ten Arkansas. I'm going to guess.
2: In two years, Jimbo Fisher is not there anymore. Texas, a and I feel like they're going to have a disappointing season this season. Next year, will we make or break. And I think him and Drinkwitz are sort of on the same timeline right now. Timetable.
0: Yeah. So Jim
2: paid a lot
0: more money.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Well, yeah. and like if you ever look at this, someone, I, I think after uh, this week, or was it last week? I don't know. I, I can't remember the tweet, what when it, exactly it was. But he's actually, to this point in his – a&M career is one game worse than someone was.
1: I don't know why people can't win at Texas or AM.
0: Yeah. Jim caught lightning in a bottle at Florida State and played that into one of the uh, greatest contracts in in, it, or in college football history. I think you might be right. Yeah. So. And then Carolina Jackpot may be happy next week because South Carolina gets a visit from Charlotte.
1: They better be happy if they yeah. don't win that one. Carolina jackpot will be tough to deal with.
0: Yeah, he won't like it much. <laughs> I think give that one too and say South Carolina should win. And then this is where we find out if Vandy's the real deal because they're going to go to Alabama.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Lord. Do you have a line on this one?
0: Yeah, I do. 40 and a half. God
1: damn, a conference fucking game. 40 and a half point favorites. Giving up 40 and a half points to win money with Alabama.
2: I don't know if if Saban will intentionally want to beat an SEC opponent that badly. You know, like, I, he may pull up the mercy rule before they get they cover that spread.
1: You want to talk about a type of game I'll never bet? Fucking Alabama 40-and-a-half. Giving up 40-and-a-half.
0: <laughs> Giving up 40-and-a-half and a half the over-under 59.
2: <laughs> That's crazy.
0: And then uh, last game on the schedule besides the Mizzou game would be New Mexico visiting LSU.
1: Okay, so LSU's well, going to chalk up another victory over the uh, Lobos, I believe.
0: Yeah, that's a 29-and-a-half point game there. Yeah,
1: boring.
0: That would uh, that would be the SEC for next Saturday, the 24th.
1: All right, and of course, we've got our Missouri Tigers facing Auburn, and uh, we're going to be at Auburn, so it's our second road game of the year. We did not do well in our first road outing. And uh, this will be our first conference game of the year. It's it, you win it, you win it, and you completely salvage your season. If you're, you know, as far as I'm concerned, because at this point, our record still is exactly what we thought it probably would be going into the season. We've just got here a different way than we thought we would have. But if you actually do beat Auburn, you're still on the tracks as far as like having a six you know a season that you would hope to have.
2: Yeah, we didn't expect to win against. Uh, Kansas State necessarily so we just happen to get boat raced but like I said you win at Auburn and suddenly you know the season sort of looks a little better on the road though I mean I feel like they'll be up for this game at uh, Auburn on the road especially after the Kansas State you know they'll have a chip on their shoulder I mean they'll I feel like they're going to be up for this game sometimes I feel like um, what just, just the team seems so lethargic right out of the gates so I'm, I'm hoping that you know, Auburn game, you'll see a little bit more urgency right out of the shoot.
0: Seven point favorite Auburn is in this one. That's not much.
1: No, it's not. I mean, I'd be, I'm afraid we're going to lose by a lot more than seven points. But I'm, you know, I, just based on everything I've seen, just based on reality in my own two eyes. But, you know, it, it would be good to bet on them, I guess. I'm not going to because it would just make me feel dirty. But uh, I'm afraid I'm going to housed.
2: With the way I've seen our defense play, and the running backs, and the wide receivers, and the quarterback, and the, the roster construction in general, if we had a decent offensive line, I would. I think we'd be okay. I mean, as as a team against Auburn and beyond, um, you know, I think we. I think that six seven win season is is achievable with this roster, with the giant asterisk of if you had an offensive line, and that's why even though Auburn has not looked like world beaters. Um, I just can't pick the Tigers until this offensive line shows us something other than just real, holds and huge pressures. I mean, they just—they look awful. They have—they look awful. I literally complimented them on, on Twitter, like they look a little better this this series. And immediately, when I sent send on the tweet, they fucking got a holding call, and I'm just like, oh god, never mind. What was I thinking? <laughs> Yeah, I thought they were going to have one solid series in a game, and they couldn't even pull that off.
1: It's been ugly, and I think I I'm just afraid it's going to get uglier. But uh, anyway, that's well, what's
2: the what's your prediction?
1: What do you say, boys? I would, t- if it, if I were betting, I'd certainly take um, Auburn giving up those seven points. I think we're going to get beat by two touchdowns. I think it's
2: like um, a twenty-eight seventeen game. Oh, if we score seventeen, I'd be shocked on the road at Auburn. The way this offense looks. I mean, unless suddenly they start figuring out a way to get the ball in Luther Burden's hands a lot more, and and you know, hey, we should mention Love it too. I mean, yeah. they've got some they've got some horses in the stable. I'm just with no quarterback and no offensive line, I mean, ultimately the ceiling is just so low. You're right.
1: All right. All right, guys. So uh while we've been grousing about our tigers the last few weeks, people in Kansas have been busy, so it's time to uh, check in with them now. It's time for Kansas News. Well, I
3: heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches.
0: This is Kansas News.
1: Our first story a hole in the ground and other quirky curiosities build up small Kansas towns. This is I think this is going to be a story about how there's nothing happening in these worthless western Kansas towns so they just come up with these stupid eccentric oddities to get people just to stop and buy cigarettes at their gas station. One day in 1973, the Wall Street Journal published a review of Kansas tourist attractions. It was not kind. Kansas is trying to promote tourism, the journal noted, but it really doesn't have a lot to promote. The column singled out one of the godfathers of Kansas roadside tourism, the world's largest ball of twine in Calker City, the world's largest hand-dug well in Greensburg, and folk art town of Lucas. For particular ridicule, with pause breaks in the spots where the journal expected its audience to chuckle at Kansas' expense, Local newspapers from Selena to Lawrence to Atchison responded swiftly and defensively, standing up for the state's quirky attractions and to the simpler times spirit they represent. If modern, simpler times? <laughs> yeah. It's, don't worry. It's still simpler times in Kansas. Uh, they don't have electricity. If modern Kansas only had some outdoor privies, the Atchison Daily, Daily Globe equipped, we would recommend a use for this Wall Street Journal article. As it happens, the town of Elk Falls in southeast Kansas builds itself as the state's outhouse capital and celebrates a collection of privies with an annual festival. No matter how kitschy, these offbeat attractions can offer a boost to rural economies. Dozens of Kansas towns take advantage of their locations to tempt travelers to spend a few dollars while driving through flyover country, often on their way to somewhere more glamorous, isn't this exactly what I said? It's just like these towns are so fucking terrible. The state is so is that fucking a boring.
2: Festival is that what that is?
1: Yeah, it is a shit house festival, and it, and it's the town never smells better. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just they don't have anything. They're awful. If they're better than us at football, all <laughs> right, all right. Next story. Topeka man walks trail in the nude legally. A Topeka man who likes to walk a local trail without clothing isn't breaking any laws. Stephen Harold says he enjoys being nude outside. He's been spotted several times walking naked on the Shunga Trail. The Topeka Capital Journal reports it's legal to walk and bike in Topeka without clothes. Public nudity could result in an arrest if a person is taking part in a lewd and lascivious act, however. So, uh, riding your bike with your balls hanging out is not lewd and lascivious, but what is?
0: I want to know how you ride a bike naked.
1: I, yeah, I feel like it's a risky venture. There's a lot of chains and.
0: Well, it's risk and
1: reward, both. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What kind yeah.
2: of douchebags? Like, I need to be naked all the time, and I definitely need to do it on this trail.
1: I don't know, but I definitely know it's the type of person when the newspaper wants to ask him about it, they are ready to talk. Apparently, some people have noticed Harold and called police. Topeka L- Police Lieutenant Colleen Stewart said, the Shawnee County Parks Department, which controls the Shunga Trail, may be posting signs stating people are expected to wear clothes in the parks. However, that would only put Harold in violation of a policy and not an ordinance, and he could still let his dick and balls fly.
0: (laughs) He's the the same guy that was on all those old hedonism fucking videos. He's all about the grinding.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And the final story for the day... How was Kansas's football team this weekend?
0: Kansas's football team played uh, Houston this weekend, um, and they beat Houston forty-eight to
1: thirty. Damn! God, it, it is looking more and more like Kansas might have a better football team than we do.
2: Yeah, they uh, they're three and zero.
1: that is hard Crazy. to say, but uh, I guess
2: I saw I saw somebody tweeted like between. Um, like The last like four coaches Kansas has had, they only managed two road wins, and they've already got more than that under this coach.
1: Yeah, the bar has been low there.
0: They're not awful. And when you're in the Big 12, it's easier to win football games.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless you're playing Kansas State, apparently. Yeah, so. So good for you, Kansas, I guess. Burn it out. All right, guys, we have a couple of awards to give out. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game.
2: Luther <sighs> Burden.
1: Yeah, Luther Burden. I.
2: What about Dominic Lovett?
1: Well, I think Dominic I mean, I, Lovett looks good. I think he's going to live perpetually in Luther Burden's shadow while he's here at Pazoo.
2: I, I mean, he had a better game at receiver than than Burden did, but he didn't have a punt return. So.
1: Yeah, I don't know. The punt return's exciting. <laughs> I don't know. My well, first thought goes to Burden. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'm happy with it. I would be happy naming uh, Dominic Lovett as well because I think he has been exciting and fun to watch and a plus on this team where there, we need some more plus marks. But uh, I don't know. I just think that punt return to opening things up from Luther Burden is uh, that's the kind of special spark that Missouri needs. I'm going to vote for Burden.
2: All
1: right, and then that takes us to our other award we like to give out each and every week. It's the TJ Mo Deuce of the, of the Week. week. T.J. Moe, once a great slot receiver for the University of Missouri Tigers, took a turn for douchebaggery, and uh, we've named our award after him. Fellas, did you uh, did any douchebags stand out to you over the weekend?
0: Well, the Yale leader.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Texas A&M tradition, I guess, their pep rallies, which I always feel really like Texas A&M, they don't have fans. They have cult members. It's just weird.
0: Man, It's it always is, like, really weird.
1: Yeah.
2: It's hard to believe in a student body that large that the people that run the pep rallies are the best they can do to me. That's what always surprises me. I'm like, this guy, yeah, this is the guy.
1: They're so cringy, you know, they just look so lame. And, um, the, but I think the weird part that makes it especially douche, douchey this week for the award would be that they were trying to pull the, They they were talking a bunch of shit about Appalachian state before Appalachian state beat them. And so they were trying to pull all those videos off of Twitter and social media. And uh, that was such a fucking douchey thing to do. It was their pep rally, and they were trying to, like, pretend like it didn't happen. But guess what? You just can't get shit off the Internet. And so people were spreading it around like wildfire. And then uh, they I was hoping they'd get beat by Miami so the douchey video would look just as bad this week. But uh, they snuck out the win.
0: It's funny watching them, but. People from Texas make fun of a bunch of people about being hillbillies.
1: Yeah, I know. I know, right? Uh, um, But I also had another.
2: Where literally they're just like one step away from being just full on Jehovah Witnesses.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I also had another candidate for douche of the week, which is Brett Favre, who I don't know if you guys have been following what he's been involved with, but uh, he. Oh, he looked at
0: big pics.
1: It's it's maybe even worse than uh, Brett Favre's non-impressive dick pics. He's been defrauding the Mississippi state, from Mississippi. I guess this Mississippi state government for welfare money to reroute that money to build a (laughs) volleyball arena at uh, Southern Miss where his daughter goes to college and is on the volleyball team. And so he basically was colluding with high-level state officials, including the governor, to steal from a welfare fund to uh, <laughs> and then his daughter quit the volleyball team so uh, he's under investigation by the to... FBI like it's is a big deal
2: They're, he's trying to defraud the state of Mississippi to build a volleyball stadium for 5 million dollars Brett Favre made so many more millions of dollars than that in his career I mean, the truth is he could write a check for this place, but he'd rather steal it from the people of Mississippi.
1: Yeah, from their welfare program, from the poorest of the poor, literally the poorest people in America.
2: Yeah. I kind of feel like he's the douche of the week.
1: Yeah, I do too. It's pretty douchey. I mean, the yellow leaders suck, but they suck week in and week out.
2: Let's go Sorry, Timmy, we can't afford that wheelchair. Brett Favre took that money.
1: Yeah. All right, Brett Favre, you are the douche of the week. Okay, guys, heading into Auburn week. Any uh, last thoughts you've got before uh, we face this? Uh, I mean, what do you want to see against Auburn? Is there anything short of a win? Oh, yeah. Obviously a win, but like, say we don't beat Auburn, what does that look like in a way that makes you not feel terrible?
2: Well, just same with Kansas State, be competitive. You know, lose <laughs> lose. You know, twenty to twenty four, not thirty six to three.
0: The uh, Auburn War Eagle picks up a player off the field and takes it out of the
1: stadium. That'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> it would be good. I, I don't understand how they are the War Eagles and they're also the Tigers. It doesn't make any sense to me why they have multiple mascots. But uh, I'm still taking them plus the <laughs> minus the points. Uh, but yeah. no, I I hope to see some kind of improvement in the offensive line. I don't think it's going to happen. But Drink made a He made mention of it in his press conference. He highlighted offensive line play. So he's obviously drawing attention to that particular unit. And we'll see if it pays any dividends. You know, I I can't imagine it will, but he sort of put the pressure on by saying he's going to do something about it. Yeah.
2: Missouri has a second mascot, too.
1: Are you talking about Waltz, the Tiger?
2: No, I'm talking about, um, you know, they've got War Eagle. We've got an eight year old boy crying when his dad takes him his first Mizzou game, when we get boat raced,
1: I was, <laughs> I was concerned about that. You know, I've already got Mizzou stuff for my twin baby boys. And I'm like, am I a bad father for letting, like trying to- <laughs> yeah,
2: making the Mizzou fan? Yeah. Saying. Is that bad? Second mascot is a, is a, is a, a eight year old boy crying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I forgot about he that. One, Colin. First Mizzou
2: game. That's, that's it. That's what it
0: is. <laughs> you <laughs> don't think he had children Then I'm like, well, I made my kid a Mizzou fan and the chiefs fan but you know like my nine-year-old's only seen the chiefs be awesome that mm-hmm. he can remember and he's Spoiled only off. he has nothing to look forward for at the zoo he just like they always suck
1: <laughs> i know i know i didn't i never looked at it that way before until i had kids and now i'm like oh god no, we, just did, we just need to
2: come up with a, a slogan like war eagle to go away with, with the uh eight-year-old boy cried in his first mizzou football game yeah. My child, I don't know what the chant should be, but I think we should, the fans should try to come up with something.
1: Crushed dreams. Yeah,
2: my child <laughs> went to at least a dozen Bezu Sporting events,
0: and to this day, the highlight is when a guy made a putt at halftime for full court at basketball and won. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's That's true. year for the bacon.
0: <laughs> yes. Best Brock today. What's the best thing that happened in the Mizzou game you went to? Be like a dude want a free year supply of Burger Smoke ass bacon, man.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that well, that defines the Moon Choi era of uh, Mizzou athletics.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and Red Panda was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's, so. that's true. That's a highlight. Yeah, let's end the show on a highlight or uh, on a high note, guys. Yeah, stay optimistic. Myz,
0: DLU, no
1: and go, Red Panda.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they had uh, Arkansas's coat sweating, man.
1: Yeah. Well, so, to be fair, everything has him sweating.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>